Warning, the following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, kitties. This is y'all's Dooley, John Kassir, the voice of The Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to Slasher Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Slasher Radio. My name is Mike Bones, and I got this made with me. Bit of Saka. Yeah. Hi. He's cool. Sack is always here. Sack is always here. Unfortunately. But who is not here today? Uh, What? 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 Oh, you you get to do it. You get to do it. it. Bobby's (laughs) not here today. We're missing an owl this week. He has flown the coop. The wings fluttering and he left the nest. Who the hell knows where he's at, what he's doing? I don't want to know because you never know. But yeah, me and Dismay holding it down this week. What's going on, Dismay? Um, not too much. Not too much. Just chilling. Nice, though. nice. I got to watch Adrian Brona get his ass whooped, so life is good. Life is good. Uh, yeah, so we we're back. We had fun last week. Uh, what did we do last week? This, ah. Halloween. We had our showdown, which people really seemed to enjoy that. We sure did. Well, I actually seen a lot of mixed feelings on it. I did, so too. So that was, that was good, I guess, because, like, you're either passionate for one side or the other because cause of what's at hand. So, I've, but I've seen a lot of both sides. So some people said, OG, no matter what. Some people said, I like the Rob Zombie version. So it's kind of a mixture. I wouldn't say a lot. Of mix, I mean, more than I expected for sure. It, yeah. it was definitely well, majority. I mean. Yeah, I guess that's a better way. Yeah, definitely majority for. Yeah. But you know, it was fun, man. I like doing that shit. We gotta find something else that we are just you know feel one damn way. And I mean, I wish we could do Leatherface again mm-hmm. with Bobby, but I don't know. I think we maybe one oh. day. I don't <laughs> know. We can't go back to the well on that too maybe many times. And plus, I don't want to have to watch it again. <laughs> But yeah, you but uh, yeah, that was fun last week. We we gotta find. We're trying to find something else we'll show down about because uh, I like when you guys tell us what you think about it, and we get to go back and forth with you. So you know that that's the fun part of it. And it, you know, episodes like that bring it out. the The Leatherface episode brought it out. The Leprechaun episode did a little bit too. So yeah, we gotta figure it out. This make get on that. This make mm-hmm. figure it out. Speaking of Leatherface and Leprechaun. <laughs> We we asked the question. Uh, we're not talking about that. These, uh, that. Again, fellers. Yeah, we are. That yeah. may or may no. not even be yeah. in there. Who the hell knows that yes, the editing process it is will. a crazy thing? I might. I think <laughs> I lost that. See how salty that. he is. See how I think salty? I lost that section. Yeah. Okay. See. Bad weather. You already here. told him. You already told him who won because he's being salty. Bad weather here. Salty. Uh. Yeah. That. You know. <laughs> not for anything. Like. Uh. As of this recording, we're recording Saturday night, and you know the East Coast's getting hit pretty hard. So hopefully everybody's okay. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be bad weather out there mm-hmm. this week. It is bad. Like it's yeah. Arctic it's bad freeze. They're calling it for you guys. Like there's yeah. not a lot of snow on the ground, but I have yeah. a window open right now, and it is fucking cold out. 
Yeah. yeah, and it like it's not even the worst of it. Like tomorrow's supposed to be bad, but Monday's supposed to be like really, really bad. So it's not really an amount mm. of snow thing, at least not where I'm at. We're gonna get a little we're gonna get a you know, I think they said like three to five. But it's the freeze of it that's the problem. It's gonna get so cold yeah. that it might yeah. just all turn to ice, so be careful out there. You know, this is coming <laughs> out Tuesday, so I hope everyone made it. The through. only thing colder than this this freezing weather is your heart. Eee, not so. true. Yay, damn. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was for. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, last week was fun. I, we, we had a lot of, what, 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 what yeah, now? Well, what, what? No, 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 I'm just saying. All right. I had, I had to get it out of my system. I feel better well, now. thank God. But, um, yeah, we had a lot of fun with last week. So we're going to figure it out. But this week, we got some, some Big Jones pledge. Movie came out. On the 11th of this month, it was um, put out by IFC. Uh, well, what was it? was picked up by IFC, right? This me? Yeah, it was. It was finished since 2016. Mm-hmm. They, you know, shopped it to some film festivals, and it did its round, won some awards, and I think it was picked up um, last year with a release this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I. I really like this movie. It's not, you know, obviously it's not one of those movies where it's like, oh my God, it's a phenomenal. It's a really good movie, especially this is the most important part where you take the, re- I mean, this, this movie, these guys, you know, they kind of did their own thing. It's an indie film and uh, they, they had a Kickstarter for the post-production and they did all the legwork. They shopped it around. They, they did their thing with IFC and, you know, I think IFC seen, like damn these guys were able to do this with what the resources that they had and i think they did a phenomenal job so you know um definitely check it out it's out now uh ifc was nice enough to send us a screener for it so we checked it out a little bit before it came out and uh and had time to form our opinion before we talked to these gentlemen this is one of those um like happy I guess, endings to a story because they started out, you know, with like a no budget and then eventually was able to go to Kickstarter and raise some funds and stuff and coming from an independent place and then scoring such a thing like IFC was a big deal. So this is one of those um, things where indie filmmakers dream about doing is to make something with a limited budget and to do film fests and you know, win awards and then eventually mm-hmm. get distribution. So uh, I'm really happy for these guys that it worked out so well. Yeah, I mean, hey, man, that's the, that's what you're trying to do. That's the goal. You know, that that's the end result. That doesn't always end that way some, a lot of the time. So, you know, mm-hmm. good for them. They they put in the work. Put in the work. They put, I, I think, yeah. you know, they did a lot, again, with what they had. And, you know, uh, you are going to hear us. We're joined by Zach Weiner. He was the writer. And also the actor, he played uh, uh, one of the lead actors. He played David in the movie. Uh, we were also joined by Daniel Robbins. He was the director, and Zachary Bird, who was one of the lead other lead actors. And uh, they all they uh, you're gonna hear me say it in the in the during the interview, but I think the acting was phenomenal in this movie. Yeah, it was, and like you had mentioned it in the interview, but like coming from like where you just well, like an independent standpoint where you kind of just get you know you, you may know somebody who knows somebody or something it's not like you know these big actors or anything so yeah. um, and they touched base on that too that you know that 
you know, it's not these big actors and stuff, but um, that the horror genre is pretty open to, I guess, less well-known actors. So it was nice to see that and, and that they did so well with it. And it just shows that you don't have to be this, you know, big superstar to get a good performance out of. Uh, and the horror genre has proven that it will produce some stars every once in a while. A lot of people get their start in this genre. I mean, Tales from the Crypt and yeah, the list go on and on. And yeah, that's kind of it's it's such a weird genre that it it's like a breeding ground for talent. And and yeah, you know, the the I think yeah. the cream usually ends up rising to the top. So, but yeah, uh, let me get the shout outs out of the way real quick. I forgot about them. Twelve uh, Nights of Horror dot com, Promote Horror dot com, and HorrorMoviesAndStuff.com. Go check our homeboys out. And uh, Dismay, you said you were telling me something before we came on. Yeah. It's a big day coming up Is for uh, one of our favorite pals. Big day. Big day. Big day. Big. Guess what it is. What is it? Guess what it is. I, I don't know. Tell me. Tell me. Tell birthday, everybody. Birthday. Ah. 12 nights. 12 nights of horror. Birthday. Ah, yes. look at him go, the birthday nights. boy. Well, when's his birthday? Oh, it's man. It's on Sunday, right? <laughs> He's one of those. Oh, it's it's the twenty seventh. Okay, twenty seventh. So he's one of those. Like you know, you call him thriller sexy. He gets better with age. He you ages like I mean? wine as you age like, like milk. The more he ages, yeah. Yeah, you, you age like milk. <laughs> he ages like wine. So yeah, no. Shout out to Twelve Nights Hard. Just man, I want to sing Happy Birthday oh to him. God. You want to sing Happy Birthday to him with me? Uh, okay, sure. Okay. Let's all right, you yeah. ready? You go ahead and start it. Okay. <laughs> birthday to you. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Twelve <laughs> nights of horror, you sexy. Happy birthday to you. Twelve nights of horror, you sexy motherfucker. Happy birthday to you. Just me. I have to say, you fucking ruined that. I like flat out oh, came yeah. and sang happy birthday to the man and you were like pick and choke <laughs> like you said a few words and like why'd you ruin my happy birthday song? Oh, oh my goodness. That why? Funny. <laughs> Do you think it's cute? Do you think it's funny? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Asshole. And it is, and people are gonna like it. Yeah, like my happy birthday song. But yeah, happy birthday twelve nights hard. No, we're, no, we're, no. You know, we're, yes. he's uh, coming up this Sunday. So don't forget, Sunday, Saturday night, go on Twitter and find at 12 Nights Horror and tell him happy birthday. And let him know that he is thrilla sexy. And I don't want to go into everything else, but, you know. That he ages like wine. And he ages like wine as dismay oh. <laughs> ages like milk. Make sure you say that, especially. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, so. You can't just we can't just have like something positive. You always gotta make it negative. What's negative? See, like I I came to you birthday You're supposed to be happy. You make fun of the way I sing happy birthday, and then you did a bad job that I ate like <laughs> milk. Well, I mean, would you <laughs> oh, rather goodness. me start lying anyway, on here? I'm sorry, Twelve Nights. He's gotta ruin everything. No, He's I'm not. I just everything. sang the man happy birthday. Happy birthday what do you mean? Nights. It's saying a whole full-blown okay, happy birthday you song. You ruined it because you're all negative. You, you ruined you it. You dragged this down like it was supposed you to be happy. 
and you drug it down, and now look where we are. And then you talked about like rotten. Oh milk. please! So like, no, you ruined it. Well, you're, but you're happy birthday, milk. Twelve Nights. Happy birthday, buddy. <laughs> happy birthday. <laughs> Hope you have a good one. I'll give you dismay as a gift. You can just I'll ship her, ship her ahoy. <laughs> I'll put her in a box. I'll poke some holes in it. <laughs> I'll put like a beware of dog sign no, on you it wouldn't. and ship it away. Would, <laughs> yes, I would. You would just put me in the box. You wouldn't. You wouldn't think about my breathing. I'd or put anything. a few holes in there. there. Eh, come on. No, I'm you wouldn't. I'm human. I have to put you in a crate. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because you, if it was just cardboard, right. you're gonna just like dig your way out. You're like a mole. So you would probably like dig your way through cardboard. Yeah. I have to get a crate. Okay. But I'm hmm. also. Um, clever, so I would find a way out one way or another. You are not clever. You are not clever. You are not the brightest crayon in the box. You are not the sharpest tool in the shed, uh, okay. knife in the drawer, um, bulb okay. on the tree, and you know all those okay. things is you. Okay. <clears throat> keep keep talking shit because each one of these bad things you say is another ass whipping. Just like with yeah, okay. IR Chris and Alfredo. So they're all, you know, y'all gonna you get it. You ain't gonna do shit. I may even do it all at one time. Not sure yet. Yeah, okay. We'll see. And even, uh, yeah, we. I got a new one. New one added to the list. Talking shit recently. Who's on the shit list? Camp Counselor Greg. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's a new one. Yeah. Yeah. What did he's, he say? He's I, new, I and I let him know that he was added to the list. He was talking all kinds of shit. All kinds of shit. Like, it, I can't even know. Was he the Jersey guy? Out of all of you? He's the biggest shit talker. Was mm. he the Jersey guy? Yes. Oh, fuck Jersey. Yeah, you're on my list too, buddy. I love yeah. you and all, but dude. He's in it. Like, everybody's talking about how bad New Jersey is. He's like, oh, we got pork roll, man. What the fuck? It's just nasty anyway. Like his one claim to fame was pork uh, roll and a boardwalk. Yep. An old-ass boardwalk that you can't yep. even go on when it gets dark. Because you'll probably get robbed. Oh, and he'll fight you to the death on this too. He's, uh, oh man, he's Fucking he's Jersey. he's a tough. You know, New Jersey. Yeah, he's... New Jersey tried to to bitch to New York. This was years ago. The Statue of Liberty is half theirs because um, where the Statue of Liberty is one of the most yeah. New York things ever, next to probably the yeah. Empire State Building, yeah. and they wanted it. They wanted to be us so bad, and New York finally broke down and said, "All right, you know what." Then you're responsible for half of the maintenance and half of the upkeep and all that bullshit. And yeah. New Jersey was like, ah, never mm. mind. It's like, oh, oh, you cheap money. Yeah. You just spend all your money on pork roll. <laughs> Fuck New Jersey. Don't get so me started. He, yeah, he's a new one added to the list with the rest of you, but, you know. For all the uh, shit New so York I hope gets. He's listening. For traffic and, and, and all that stuff. I have sat in New Jersey traffic, like the percentage of times I've gone through or to New mm -hmm. Jersey, I mean, it, it's at least 80% of the time I'm sitting in traffic for no reason at all. I hate New Jersey. Wow. I have sat in a car and bitched hmm. about New Jersey out loud for miles before, miles at a time. Hmm. I hate New Jersey. Sorry to all our Jersey listeners. Well, I know we get a lot of listeners was... from New Jersey. <laughs> Nothing personal. Yeah, well, he anyway, he's added to the list. He uh, he's talking shit. So, like, I don't yeah, like Canada. I'd throw that out there. But I don't have anything personal against Canada. Like, it's not really like I don't know. I just always looked at them differently. I don't know why, but it was nothing. You know, personal Alfredo's there. gonna say something about this. No, you're gonna hear about it. I know Alfredo and Ollie are gonna say something about it. 
But oh. I, I know, but but I'm saying it's nothing like it's not a big deal. I don't really not like Canada, but Jersey, I really don't like Jersey. I hate Jersey. <laughs> Jersey and Staten Island are like the <laughs> fucking worst places, man. They get New Jersey can and have Staten Island. Your, your guys' accent is is, oh, is garbage. Oh, please, call oh, it garbage. Their accent is just like ours, but worse. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Anytime someone hears me, like if I'm playing Friday the 13th or something, they go, oh, are you from New York or New Jersey? I got Chicago a few times too. But yeah, they said, oh, like yeah, if yeah. I tell them New York, I, they were like, oh yeah, I figure New York and New Jersey, but you sound like New York. So, I mean, come no, on. That's man. pure New York. Yeah, come on. You're fucking out of here it with is. Jersey. But yeah. <sighs> I wish I could just get rid of New Jersey like it never happened. Just make it part of Pennsylvania. <laughs> But anyway, I wish I could do the same with you. I wish I could do the same. You're going in the crate. <laughs> I gotta find a crate. You ain't see. You ain't gonna whoop nobody's ass because you're just gonna be stuck in a crate for the next thirty <laughs> years trying to figure out how to get out of the damn thing. <laughs> and the crate may finally like just become. I'm gonna survive thirty years in a crate. Probably. I'll put like you know bananas and stuff in there. You got see, a little ration. You ain't thinking ahead. See, you're just talking shit. You don't have any substance behind it. Yeah, I'll ration. I'm not gonna just throw you in a crate. I'll put in like crackers and bananas yeah. and like some water, and like when it rains, you can, thirty years. But when it rains, you can collect water. You're, I'm not leaving you in in, in, in a ho- house anywhere. You're just gonna be stuck somewhere outside. Okay, well then, how am I supposed to survive? You gotta eat bugs and rain and hmm? and drink rain and all this stuff. That's what you gotta do. You know, I'm stubborn. I'm not gonna do anything. I'm just gonna so I can die quickly. I'm not gonna eat. You're either gonna die in the box in a few months, or you're gonna live 30 years in the box, and finally, it's just gonna become decrepit and start wearing down. It's just gonna break, and there you're gonna be laying there, like just covered in <laughs> shit and like all kinds of things. <laughs> so breaking down and decrepit. Yeah, like your body aged like Already? milk. <laughs> Enough. I, I, you got me on Jersey, and it just put me in a bad mood. <laughs> but yeah, so those were the shoutouts. Uh oh, and yeah, I'm I'm excited for you guys. These guys, like like I said, they're it's an indie film. Uh uh, they're young guys. I I'm very excited to see what they do in the future because if they're able to put together what they put together, considering the resources they had, considering they're younger, so you know, they don't have like a stockpiled resume of experience yet. And all that stuff, which is very important. And um, yeah, so I'm. I, I, but they they will get to that point. Oh yeah. I can kind of see, you know, like um, it's it's these breakout um artists and or actors and you know directors and stuff like that that you can keep your eye on because you know that they'll do go on to do really big things. A hundred percent. And we've had Brandon Rhinus on here a few times. I truly believe. I'm not the type of person that's gonna like you know. I may. I'm not even gonna say that. <laughs> I'm not, but I'm not the type of person that will go above and beyond and you know say I really like something for no reason. Like I truly believe Brandon Rhinus mm-hmm. one day. I mean, he's making great stuff now, so it's like as he goes on, that's only gonna get better. Yeah. And I feel the same way about these guys and all the stuff they they contributed to this movie. I I can't say enough about it, man. And like I said, it's not gonna be one of those movies that it's like a an instant classic or anything like that because you know it's still early in their careers. But like you said, dismay. I think they're they're gonna get experience is one thing you cannot take shortcuts on. There's no quick way to get it. There's none mm-hmm. of that. You just comes with time, and there's nothing you could do about it. And these guys, 
got all the time in the world and you know all the talent in the world and i i i'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do in the future and they're really fun to talk to they they're are really down to earth and really passionate and enthusiastic and funny so um can't wait for everybody to hear this because we had fun I had said to you um, probably a few weeks ago now that I would really like to get maybe like once a month or once every other month or something, just have some, whether it's a director, writer, actor, some indie something, somebody on every once in a while, because A, I like supporting their stuff mm -hmm. because that's what, you know, these movies are nothing without support. So I like doing that. And, you know, it's, it's, they're so much fun to talk to because, you know, they're, I don't know. What the, I don't want to be rude to established people, but, you know, it's just so much more of a laid back conversation. Not that you don't get it with, you know, the hierarchy in the, in the industry, but mm -hmm. yeah, you know, it's just a lot more, uh, a lot more fun, I think. And they're so driven right now, especially yes. with this, you know, just releasing and stuff. So they're really excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the best way. I couldn't figure out how to describe it. Yeah. Their energy is just great. Cause. It's like they have all this shit they want to do bottled up, and it's like bouncing around in there, mm -hmm. and you can feel it, and it's a lot of fun uh, conversating with people like that. I like it. Yeah. Better than talking to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Bam, see that? Yeah. Out of nowhere. Look that. at that. Out of nowhere. Yeah. That one yeah. kind of hurt. Yeah, that one hurt. Sorry. <laughs> I do miss Bobby, though. Out. Uh, I'm joking. Yeah. I'm joking. He's, uh, he's, uh. I don't know. I don't want to know what he's doing. He, I, I don't want to know. You know, either. you never know what that guy's up to. Yeah. Who the fuck know. knows? May have like <laughs> somebody tied up somewhere. He may have somebody in a crate. <laughs> like next next week when he comes on to record, we're gonna hear <laughs> in the background or something every now and then. He's too busy prepping for uh for uh Philly. Philly bound. Philly bound. Yeah, <laughs> he may be out. Yeah, he. Who knows? He may be out like jogging fifty miles right now. He's got to get. <laughs> He's doing Stallone, man. Philly, hashtag crunch Philly time. Bound. It's crunch yeah. time now. Yeah. <sighs> but um, yeah, yeah. So uh, should we give it to him, Dismay? Yeah, let's give it to him. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Should we give it to him now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> should we make him wait, or should we give it to him? It's up to you. <laughs> You're wasting time. I'm not wasting time. I want to know what you want to do. You want to make him wait? Or you want to give it to him? Do it. Go. Do it. Go. Go. Do what? Make him wait? Do it. Go. Do what? No. Give him the what? interview. Oh, Jesus. All right. Yeah. Well, enjoy, guys. Yeah. All right, so we teased it last week, and we are here this week, and we have quite a few guests. So we have a full house today. We have uh, Zach Wiener, Zachary Bird, and also Daniel Robbins from The Pledge that was recently released. It was released on one uh, eleven, so January 11th of this year. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing today? Pretty good. Really good. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Thanks Thank for having you. us. Thank you for having us, and thanks for asking. 
And uh, you're, um, I'm guessing you, at least uh, Zach and uh, and Daniel, you guys seem to be friends. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, like outside of the film or? Yeah, we, Daniel and uh, I go all the way back to high school. Oh, wow. Okay. Of course, I would say we're all friends. Oh, okay. I would go that way. <laughs> Zach might not agree with but yeah, Daniel and I, as well as uh, Mark, who's a producer on the film, he we all went to high school together. Okay, and uh, met there, and I've been friends since. Yeah, because I was looking at you know the history of uh, you, you know, the projects you guys have worked on, and they are similar. You know, there's a couple that you know one or the other wasn't on, and yeah, I just kind of said, okay, these guys know each other, and that's you know <laughs> that helps. How much does that help build chemistry when you're working on a project like this, or is it sometimes a little more difficult? Maybe uh, a combination of chemistry, but more trust, because everything falls apart on a low-budget shoot. So knowing the people, you know that they'll always be by you. That helps uh, a lot. And yeah. also in terms of uh, note-taking, I think okay. helps. As, as friends, I'm, I think I have an easier time getting uh, notes from Daniel and, and, and Mark and having grown up with them and getting used to the way they insult me. So I'm able to tell <laughs> that it's not an insult and they're being constructive and I shouldn't be defensive. So <laughs> that helps me. April and I have the same thing. I can <laughs> say some raunchy shit to her, and she knows that I'm just trying to help. <laughs> Did you guys ever do anything fun in high school, like to play around, I guess, doing films or anything like that? Yeah, we actually made around 25 short YouTube comedy sketches. Wow. And uh, a zero-budget feature, which uh, is a comedy, and, you know, it's okay. But it was our learning experience. Well, and, and specifically in high school, we did skits. We would film these mm. skits, and they would play them for, at, like, for the auditorium at like a, before assemblies for like holiday celebrations and stuff like that. Oh That's wow! That's when I first started doing. And it was ironic because the school did not like the administration were not fans of Daniel or or myself. Were <laughs> <laughs> well, we troublemakers? A little bit, especially Daniel. Yeah. Ah, okay. No problems. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. At least he got it out of his system in high school. That's all right. Well, or did he? Ah. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I, I kind of just was, like I said, looking through it, and I was like, oh, okay, there's something here. but And that that's, you know, I, it just seemed like such a, a well-put-together movie. And, you know, I, I would imagine that, you know, having some type of connection with the people you're working with, you guys opened up uh, Stag Pictures, or Stag Pictures um, is your production company. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that. Stag Pictures is comprised of myself, Daniel, Mark Rappaport, and Mikey Gelfand. Okay. And we're the same four that were working on all, all those YouTube videos. And we want to, going forward, try to do this again and make more indie horror in New York. Or indie thrillers are really just... Anything indie, indie that makes you a little upset or excited is, is the general goal. Okay, you kind of caught my attention because I didn't want to... You guys are a New York-based production company, and I see you do point that out a lot. Mostly you see that in California. And, you know, obviously I would imagine you guys were located in New York anyway, but is there any... What do you think? Are there any pros or cons to doing it in New York? Because I always wish there was more of that. Because I'm from New York also. Oh, so. Oh, cool. You know, it's uh, it, and it was nice to see. I was like, "Oh crap, not California." Very nice. <laughs> so, do you see any challenges with it being in New York? Any pros? What 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 do you think? The main challenge is probably transportation. Where in LA, people just appear on set magically, mm -hmm. <laughs> but in New York, people don't really have cars, so it's always uh, very tough logistically to get people around. 
Mm-hmm. But the pro is that it's kind of a tight-knit community, and a lot of people know each other, and it's pretty supportive. And the crew that works here has a certain degree of grit where they can get through tough times pretty well. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to add also that I like about New York, I think, creatively, is that you, you have a lot of crazy things happen around you all the time. And it's just a, it's just a chaotic experience, and I think it, it's enriching versus when I spend some time in L.A., you, you go from point A to point B a lot, and a lot of your anecdotes revolve around trying to, trying to make movies. So I think for us, we want to do, do more stuff, that, hopefully from life, and I think we, not to say you get more life in New York. Obviously, they're very alive in L.A., but uh, for me, I guess. For me, I, thought, I feel like I'd be ensconced over there. Yeah, I agree. From an actual perspective, <laughs> like the, uh, it's interesting that you would ride the same, you know, train or whatever as everyone else that was on the crew, all the uh, creative team. You would just we would get on the train at Grand Central together and ride up to New Rochelle to shoot this movie with the people that were doing all these sorts of uh, jobs on set. And I feel like there's uh, stuff that LA based can often have a separation between ah, that's talent what I'm talking and crew. About. It's all mixed they don't even together. have trains really. Yeah, they hardly have any trains. <laughs> I've and never been to Cali. I didn't know that. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, but really also just, yeah, that separation. And, um, so, yeah, they're definitely – but the, there are some disadvantages. Uh, for In terms of doing business, mo- almost all meetings go on in mm-hmm. L.A. So that is that is a an inconvenience, to say the least. Yeah. And, you know, the grittiness is a good point, too, because, you know, I've never been an actor or anything like that. But I would imagine, it, depending on the scene, it's a little easier to do when it's 80 and sunny out as opposed to I've seen a picture you guys had put out where it's raining and everyone's huddled under – one umbrella and it looked cold as hell and it just yeah i could definitely see where the grittiness comes from <laughs> it makes acting that stuff a lot easier though it's like a you know torture scene or whatever you would expect yeah, and you get better hot dogs <laughs> that too you get better hot dogs that's all i should say and pizza bagel oh, i just had the bagel argument with april the other day i just oh, had geez. it what bagel argument exactly there is none between he LA. thinks everything great comes out of New York. Yeah. I'm from Texas. He hates Texas because I'm from Texas. So it's a New York-Texas thing we've got going on here. It's not everything great, but bagels well, and pizza. We don't have any queso in New York. That's a big, like, <laughs> downgrade. So I would say that Texas has New York beat in terms of mm-hmm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not about to defend Texas in any way. So. <laughs> so was was the film uh, was it filmed all in New York, or did you have different locations? Yes, it was shot um, primarily at an Airbnb in Nourishell, New York, and that's where the main house was. And then the basement sequence uh, was shot in an industrial basement in the Bronx, which was a particularly difficult shoot, but everyone really rallied through. Yeah, it was mostly Westchester and then just those two days in the uh, the basement, which and all of the people that lived in that building were really nice and, and hospitable, even when we painted those walls black <laughs> during the shoot, which... I would think would have alarmed more of them, but they took it really well. <laughs> and I see that it was partially funded by um, Kickstarter, is that right? I know you, you had finished the film, but needed extra funding to finish it. Um, what was it like trying to make that, you know, budget stretch and to get the film finished and then to be later picked up by IFC? It was pretty fortunate because we didn't expect to actually raise that much money on Kickstarter. Because we ran one, um, I think like seven years ago for a short film, and pretty much everyone who gave was friends or family, and we raised around 2K, and this time the goal was around 12, and we didn't think we would hit it, and we also made a pretty weird um, Kickstarter video, 
But miraculously, there are some real just backers of the arts who support. One person gave us 5K. We've never met. Wow. Yeah, it was, his name is Matthew, and uh, he's an executive producer now. He's an executive producer and a really great guy, and he actually he's come out for two of the festivals. So yeah. we, it's a great community on Kickstarter that we didn't appreciate before that, people that want to help, help indie film. Oh, what all festivals did you guys put this in? I, I saw a couple, but I didn't really know the extent to which you um, submitted them to. World premiere was at Fantasia Fest in Montreal. Um, I think we owe so much of our success to the connections that we made there. Thank you, Mitch Davis, and taking a leap of faith for us. That was truly awesome. Um, and then it was at Grimfest. Uh, it was at Screamfest in L.A., where it took home a couple awards, which was also a mm. cool surprise. Uh, and then there have been numerous other festivals. I went to one called Motel X mm-hmm. in Portugal. That was really oh, wow. cool. Oh, was God. Cool. Yeah. You are I a brave man. For the year. What, sorry? You are a brave man. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a film festival to me, especially in Portugal. <laughs> It was surprise. It is fun though. It was a good time. I um, he lost his passport the first day there. I did lose my. Oh passport. no! That made it less fun. Yeah, it was almost the beginning of a horror movie. Yeah, that itself was <laughs> scary enough. Um, but again, yeah, I festivals were a discovery for me. I haven't ha- I haven't had almost any experience uh, with genre festivals, and it's, a, it's such a great community, and people really are so supportive of each other and fun and nice. <laughs> They're generally nice. We uh, IFC was nice enough to send us a screener. So we could see it before it came out and get ready for you guys. I really enjoyed this movie. I'm going to be honest with you. I really enjoyed it. Um, usually with a, a Kickstarter movie, I go in, not, not to say no expectations, but you guys really impressed me. I have to, this may go into more, um, well, it's also Zach, but also Zachary. The acting in this movie was phenomenal. Yeah, thank you. And and not not just you guys, only because I'm talking to you guys. I get your take on it, but across the board, all you guys killed it. And that's the thing with a Kickstarter. Usually, from my experience, I would look for, especially indie kind of. You look for the smaller things that are done well. And I mean, the acting usually you have to look past in horror movies in general. I would think, but um, I mean, you guys just that it kept sticking out to me, scene after scene. I was like, holy crap. What kind of, um, uh, I, I, how, where do you think it came from? You guys seem pretty young and, you know, um, you're doing your own thing. So it's not really like you're out there and doing this, doing that, doing that. You guys are working on your own stuff. Where does that come from? And uh, do you have any, like, actors in your family or something? Because it just seemed above and beyond to me, to be honest. And natural. Exactly. Nice. I think that the first thing it comes from is just a, a good script, and and kudos to to Mr. Weiner over here for his oh, like you. writing a skeleton of a story that every single person on that set, some of us hadn't been in frats, some had, or all of us had some thing in our life that we could connect to to say, I wish I fit in here, um, or I wish I had power here, or I have power and I want to hurt someone trying to take my power. It's such a ubiquitous feeling that Zach's tapping into in that script, so. It felt at home. It felt like the energy was very real. Um, I think the world is going through a particular kind of big look at toxic masculinity and the way that that affects everyone. And so that was a hot button issue during when we filmed it that election year. We were all right there feeling like we were saying something important and we knew what the people were going through. Um, And I think on top of that and on top of the talent, improv went a long way where we let everyone uh, improv at least a few takes. And it, and contribute, and we all try to treat it, you know act as a a group collaborating on each scene. 
And I think it, it got people more invested in it. And we got a lot of good ideas because everyone had their perspective as the character. And I think that improved the, uh, the scenes as a whole. Yeah, that's true. This movie definitely breaks any auteur theory because every actor really, well, 98% of it is just finding um, these insanely talented guys and girls. And then the 2% is that they really took ownership over their lines. Like no one said a line unless they bought it or they would complain to me or Zach or say, let me change it to this. We would write on the fly and uh, it really created an electric environment that probably helped them be as good as they can be. And having a director that has that faith in, in the writing and the actors yeah. to find yeah. that stuff. I mean, you have free reign that sometimes I'm sure, you know, shout out to Nick Voitas editor for oh, actually yeah. bringing this thing together. Cause those, sure. every take was a little bit different. Uh, <laughs> But boy, oh boy, do you do you find some really interesting things, and you, you go after each other in a way that this movie requires. Yeah, Nick is the Messiah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to get to you know casting because that that's where I was going next. But you said uh, you mentioned trust earlier, and that seems like it's the cornerstone of your project. The more we're talking to you guys, because uh, improv. How uh, did you go out and tell them, hey, you know, if you feel like something needs to get thrown in, do it, or was it just somebody did it, and and like how did that? Because you don't, a lot of movies, they're, you know, some of them are, don't say anything unless it's written on here. How do you remember it? I think it was a conversation we had probably from the beginning. I think it's something Daniel and I always like to do. And when we would work, when we would generally, I think, rehearse through scenes beforehand, we would, we would ask people what they thought and what they might want to contribute or change. And, uh, yeah, and yeah. we kind of took the, it's a weird approach to take for a horror movie, but Adam McKay has this way of working where generally he'll do three takes. The first hmm. is the script. The second is script with notes. And then once they have it, the third is, okay, just play with it and have fun and see where you can take it. Mm-hmm. And generally we did that across the board, except when it was very clear what had to be said. Okay. And the actors just really just <laughs> did so well. They really did, man. I'm, I'm being completely honest. Like, I wouldn't just come out and say it just because, you know, you guys are on here. I, I, April and I watched it together. I, yeah, she can detest. I was like, wow, really good on the acting. But what do you look for? Because obviously I would think every casting agent or whatever, you know, obviously you guys are doing it yourselves. But what do you look for in an actor for a film like this? Because you're, you're playing, uh, you have characters who are playing very specific roles where, you know, the kind of outcasted, college kid is you know it's a certain way and you got to fit it you got to act it perfectly what do you look for in an actor i'm trying to think of an answer that doesn't sound canned (laughs) the main thing is the authenticity like every audition that we had um everyone riffed and it wasn't just the lines that were there we were trying to see if the actor can in that moment just be completely present with zach who's a really good improver would pretty much audition with everyone and they would just play off each other. And then if the actor was in the moment with them and we felt like we were seeing real lines come out of them, that really excited us about everyone. Yeah, and I think also, I guess this is a synonym, if not the exact same thing, but being genuine. Like seeing some people, and, and Zach, we were talking about this, of, of, that they found something within them and they were coming from a genuine place. Uh, not just in acting, also with the torture. We would have to, we would have to for the auditions, audition screaming. <laughs> and that eliminates some people. It's hard, you know. 
Not everyone was screaming. You, I remember Zach. That was a big part of your. That was almost the entire audition. I remember. Hey, yeah, you, yeah, you fake stabbed me a few times. I wanted to see where that came from. Yeah, we uh, fake stabbed Zach, and he was great at dying. Ah. <laughs> Some of the notes given in his auditions are about like trying to maintain a little bit of comedy, yet be still very genuine and very hurt and real. Uh, and I thought that was from an actor's perspective. That's like I have. That's a challenge I haven't had before. Okay, let's see how this goes. Huh. Um, and, and a small thing might be that for the leads, um, especially Zach Bird, we uh, the camera on him was on a close up when we did his audition, mm-hmm. just because um, that's where seeing the eyes really up close really um, helps. And he has extremely expressive, beautiful blue eyes. <laughs> he does. Uh, so we knew pretty quickly that, uh, and also he's trained in theater. So we, ah. I would be skeptical going into it that usually theater actors um, are more external. Um, but as soon as we saw him act, we were kind of blown away. Yeah, I was very relieved. It was like five days before we shot. Yeah, we found him like five days before. And without him, the whole movie comes crashing. Yeah, I don't even know what our plan was. I was, I was in a state of constant terror <laughs> up until Zach Bird came. Yeah, he moved to New York a few days. Moved, yeah, the day before we found you. Yeah, yeah, I was here. It was certainly less than a week, uh, and I actually ignored the first audition because I was too busy like moving and trying to find a day job to be able to handle the the call in that they made. So, really glad I I fell followed up on that second email. <laughs> One of the many happy accidents. So, yeah. with an indie, just throw yourself into the gauntlet. Hope these things work out. <laughs> but I will also throw back the compliments here because, I, again, you don't you, you're unable to do that good work. You, you can have whatever you have as an actor, but you need uh, scenarios, scripts, and a, a culture behind the camera that allows you to to do the stuff that you need to do. So, you know, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. I, I always believe that the best uh, work that you can do comes from the best environments that you can do it in. And mm-hmm. indie environments are stressful and hard, and uh, you got to bond together a lot. So you can use that to your advantage sometimes too. It was not a cakewalk, but boy, we had some uh, some sparks flying. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And what was your influence behind this story? Um, I, I work for the University of Texas um, system, Welcome. and I've heard some stories, you know. So I was uh, curious, you know, where you got this influence for the story behind. University of Texas is actually one of the few, they have frats that actually brand. The Cowboys and Spurs, I think, each brand their members. Like George W. Bush has a brand. Mm-hmm. Really? Sure, I think so, yeah. Well, if it's true, that isn't, yeah. Well, what's your inspiration? well my inspiration for it all was mixed. One was I was going to a liberal arts school at the time, and I had an odd incident there where uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine and some of our mutual friends, they, they burned pictures of me and a, and a new girlfriend in front of my dorm. Yes, the new girlfriend's material. Immaterial. I think that's very material. Either way, that was a a little scary to say the least, and that got me thinking all about how you get to this new college because it was my first semester, and you you have to trust these people that you're trying to make friends with a lot. And from there, we talked to some people who were in some of these frats, and we found out that it was so much different than what we thought. It's just so much worse. Like, a lot of the stuff we initially wrote was couldn't compare to the things they were doing. Like, we would, we would show it to these frat guys, and they say there was nothing. Yeah. Um, I'd say almost every single thing in the movie is accurate. Some, it's done. Yes, except the final one where uh, the, the, bucket, spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, the bucket is on the stomach. And we can't, Zach came up with a lot of things for that. But like he said, we kept bringing it to our friends who are in a frat, and they said, no, we've heard of way worse. And we knew this moment needed to be the time the audience was like, okay, this is not a frat. Definitely not a frat. Mm-hmm. So eventually we Googled medieval torture, <laughs> and then 
this one worked thematically. So we just ran with it. Yeah, that was one of my next questions was, you know, that was one of my favorite scenes was the rat in the bucket. Oh, cool. How did you how did you bring this gory clip to life? Because, you know, you, you said you, I guess, uh, studied it and figured out what the worst one was. But how did you bring it to life? It was we lucked out with the actor, uh, John Louis, because he actually had a pet rat when he was younger. And he's the front man of this band called called Cook Douglas. So he has these great lungs for screaming. <laughs> so Keaton, the producer, went out to Petco on the day and we wanted to get this big black rat that, you know, was, you would find on a subway in New York. But Petco only had these little white ones. <laughs> And Keaton, there was snake food. <laughs> right. So Keaton picked it up and we brought the rat in. And then we only did like two shots under the bucket. So you can see the tail wag. And we thought that would be suggestive enough. Mm-hmm. Kenny Kuziak, the sound designer, just went nuts with it. And yeah. the editor, Nick, did so many passes on that scene because it's shot like a documentary. We just have like two and a half minutes of coverage of everything. And then he really paced that out to uh, make it that intense. Yeah, no, I, I seen that. And as soon as you see the rat, I was like, oh, no. The bucket, and then I was like, what the hell are they doing? And then you see the rat, and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> but, no, I mean, I think you guys, um, you walk the line of, you know, obviously a horror movie has to have, you know, there's a, an unwritten list of things it has to have. And I think you guys put a good amount of blood and gore in there to where it's not overly done, but it's, you know, it's there. And a scene like that has a lot of it to where, you know, it, it covers a lot of ground all in one shot. Oh, I'm so glad you think so. Yeah, we we tried to, how do you pronounce that? Hugh? Hugh the line? Yeah, I know. Hugh the, the line? Hugh the line? Yeah, I don't know. Toe the line. Toe the line. Toe the line, yeah. I guess but that's not what I meant. But either way, <laughs> yeah, we, we tried to get it as gross as possible without, uh, you know, veering into just pure exploitation. And, uh... We found, I think, also that it, sometimes it's it, the imagination's a lot scarier than than showing it. Good point. I say that all the all the time, but no, I and it it's it's something that's impossible to do because I personally, yeah, I don't mind blood. I like it, you know. I like, but there's a line with me where I'm like, all right, you know, that's all for no reason. But April here loves that shit, so it's like <laughs> you know, it's an impossible line, and I think you. You did a good job of having something for everybody, and you know that's what it, what you really ultimately have to do. Thank you. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm I'm very glad you think so. Yeah, thank you. We tried. We yeah, we were trying to. Like, well, it helped also so much of the brutality was that before that it was just real stuff. Sorry, I cut you off, Daniel. Oh yeah, and another thing that kind of helped is we kept each one had some purpose in the story. Because mm-hmm. when we started shooting, we actually had a fifth one a that fifth we were gonna shoot, and it was the six and a half page scene. And then we kept being behind schedule, and the AD, Jeff Schiffman, who ran the ship, was like, you know, like, we're not going to make the movie, we're not going to make the movie. And then we were like, it's okay, we can cut this scene, it doesn't help the story. <laughs> yeah, it was more, that was like our only pure torture yeah. scene, probably. So what was it? <laughs> it's a real thing where, like, uh, they make people in a dark room put uh, uh, puzzles together which is pretty, like, they put puzzles together and spell things, and they keep dumping water on you in this cold room. And then what we were going to do is we are going to have little shards of glass mixed in with the puzzle pieces. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Like going on. Yeah, I put a lot of work into that. I was pretty excited for it, but I think it, I'm glad that we uh, we sliced it, no pun intended. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Hold on now. Hold, hold, hold on. Because <laughs> that sounds really cool. Uh, you have that shot filmed, and, you know, it was ready to go? Oh, no, we wish. We, uh, we had to cut it from the script. Oh, just, okay. 
Yeah. Damn. And, it, and we didn't realize also when we wrote it how hard it is to do stuff with water. Because for continuity, mm-hmm. you pour water on someone, then you either need a blow dryer mm-hmm. or I don't, I don't know what else. They could, right. could a blow dryer more because they, they have to look dry again and, yeah. and you double. Yeah, we, we weren't able to. Imagine that would take a lot of the same clothes over and over just having on the side. Yeah, that's true. We're, see, that's the thing we don't think about is, at least me as a viewer, is all the stuff that goes into something like that. Because, you know, okay, if you first take it, you get lucky. But something like that, you're probably going to have to do it three, four, however many times. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, and we, we didn't even have very many uh, of those clothes. I think we ended two up sets. two sets of those. In fa- and we, in fact, lost my shirt, my checkered button. <laughs> oh, God. I ended up having to wear a woman's shirt in some of the reshoots, which it, it looks pretty similar because Mark, the producer's grandmother, sewed buttons onto the right side of it. <laughs> so we couldn't replace it after we lost it. So we, yeah, we, we didn't have a lot of clothes to spare. The two shirts were like pre-rat guts on them and then post-rat yeah. guts on them. You're filming everything out of order, and so we had to keep going back and forth between those. I made a joke during the fight scene as well that uh, it was so hot in the basement and we had to run that fight for about five hours. Oh my uh, god. So it was like, yeah, it was over 100 degrees down there, and it all smelled like cat pee, and it was awful. Uh, so I told Mark, I told Mark and Daniel, I was like, guys, we have a continuity error. Like, What's wrong? I said, I've lost eight pounds as we started to uh, I think that that was fairly accurate. <laughs> yeah, they're so. I do, I do think something really good comes out of stuff like that, though, those kinds of limitations. Like, for example, the scene in the, in the beginning where we show up to a, a party and then no one's there. Mm-hmm. Originally, that was written for a full party. It was going to be supposed to be 30 mm-hmm. people, and it, I think a much less funny scene had been planned, but we couldn't get anyone to show up. For yeah, real. On the day, they found out that we were shooting in Urshel, not New York, so all the extras that we planned oh. for production failed. So here we were in an empty alley with one extra. With one, one actress. Yeah, Jin, who still showed up because she had a line, and then Clarissa, <laughs> the production designer, came up with the well and Zach and Zach and everyone came up with the idea that the party already happened. So all the cups she had, she just threw them on the ground, kicked them around. <laughs> and then we rewrote the scene and that's what's in the movie. Yeah. Dude, that's pretty cool because, you know, something like that is like shit. Cause I mean, honestly, if I was doing something like that and I found out it was in New Rochelle, I probably wouldn't have went either. You know, like, that's just a ride. But, and you know, you would, you know, again, you don't think about stuff like that. And I, I thinking about it now, the what I mean, what you just told me, I think it's better off that the party happened already. It just added another level of depression. It's like, damn, <laughs> this one we got kicked out of. We didn't get let in one. We got kicked out of another, and this one we just missed entirely. <laughs> but that's all about indie filmmaking, I guess. You know, you kind of go work on the fly and and go with what you're, you know, dealt with that day. Yeah, and I think exactly, and I think limitations like that can actually be strong suits because it gives you something to work around. Yeah, obstacles are opportunities. Mm-hmm. We try telling ourselves that when everyone's panicked. <laughs> I like that. You know, I feel that the 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 film ends on kind of a an open for another chapter of the story. Do you plan on extending Pledge in any way, or do you have anything else um, that you're working on? Uh, we do. We we uh, we really hope to because uh, uh, a girl that we know who goes to Columbia for screenwriting actually had a great idea for telling the story from the female perspective, hmm. which is something we really wanted to do and feel like we didn't necessarily do enough of in Pledge. So we're hope we're hoping for a chance to do that. Yeah, 
Yeah, Pledge Sisters. Pledge Sisters. would be way more fucked up because girls are capable of much worse. They're much smarter. They can just figure you out. They can figure you out. Oh, yeah. Logically. (laughs) Yeah. That's 100% true. And I forget what movie I... I I said something. It's related. I said something like, if a movie did this instead, you know, it would uh, the franchise would have been better off. And and that's not a bad idea. Where you, if you wanted to, you could keep making pledge because it's it's you know it's a very cookie cut theme, you know, broad picture where okay you're pledging and you know X Y and Z you have to deal with, and you could do so many things with it. So it's like you know you can kind of just start start with new people every time and just have a whole new layer of stuff. And, you know, I think the way you guys did this one, I, I would love to see what women would go through in something like that. Because with something like this, I feel you already showed what you could do. Thank so you. it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's easier to no, no. keep the ball rolling on it. I hope I hope so. Um, I should have bought. Well, maybe I'll show that recording when we're pitching people. <laughs> 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 but I really would like to. And I think it would also be fun because of the sorority movies out there that i've seen they're always the victims mm-hmm. uh and it would be cool to see at least some of them be really terrifying too yeah it would probably be if pledge is a psychological thriller the sequel would be like a revenge film from the women who uh you know realize what's happening and fight back so That's the general idea yeah so hopefully we get the chance hazing has been a controversial topic of course you know and it's it, there's been a few films made kind of with similar incidents and um what do you feel makes Pledge stand out from the others with this with similar topics? Well, uh, our hope was that the the horror and the horror of it would would differentiate it because in a way, I mean, what's something that's happened? A lot of people have commented that it was unrealistic, and that's a funny reaction we've been getting because virtually all of it is totally real mm-hmm. and stuff we basically borrowed or stole from real events. So. Uh, we think, and I think it's just in general, I think a lot of, t- at least for me, when I see movies that are kind of like explaining what's wrong with something, like how evil fraternity is, I kind of, a part of me just tunes it out as educational versus when I see something horrifying, I, I, it sometimes can grab me a little more. So that was probably mm-hmm. yeah, right, the hard take on it. Yeah, and with a lot of frat movies, it's always about um, acceptance. Mm-hmm. And with mm-hmm. this one, we just wanted it to be something more. So we kept talking about it, and eventually it, it became kind of about acceptance but more about like class exclusion and how certain people want to join um the leader class and what they would do to get there and uh you can see from zach bird's arc how he can talk more about it but that was kind of his mindset through the whole thing not that he wants to be accepted but that he wants like this power to go up a level yeah and i will also say that as it was been meaningful to me in some of the feedback and um as a as a a chubby actor is a person, you know, uh, who's often pigeonholed and put into roles that I'm asked to do one particular thing and the character doesn't change very much. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I like making people laugh and I like having that part of my skill set. But these guys gave me a real opportunity to um, have a dynamic character that goes through a very real change over the course of the script. Uh, and and seeing people that have told me that, that that's meaningful to them to see a, a big person do that. I, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed and uh, really, really happy to have that as part of the, well, the, you the industry. It. You earned it. You killed him. <laughs> and, and that's, and I, you walked me right into my next point. The twist at the end and the, the transition that, that Zachary's character went through. Because like you said, you don't expect that character to live, let alone be the one that, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it was oh. there was a twist with 
okay, like you said, most of these movies are about acceptance. They want to get accepted. This was a complete flop where they weren't even the ones trying out. (laughs) So now you get that, and it's like, the ending, uh, you know, like you said, the character switch, the fact that you guys not only had faith in in Zachary to do it, but Zachary to to, to nail it like that. Because not for a second did I sit there and go, eh. You know what I'm saying? That that doesn't seem real. I don't like, you know, no, it doesn't work. It, I mean, it worked. And by by the, I guess, quote, rules of characters and stuff, it's not supposed to. But you guys nailed it. And, you know, you made it believable. And, and, and Zachary, you did a phenomenal job with that, with that whole scene, especially. Hey, thank you. Oh, it's it's been uh, nice to, like I said, mm-hmm. I come from theater, and and I love the theater. I love the live aspect of it, but uh, it's ethereal work. You know, it, it's kind of it moves away. You you let it go after a while, and so I feel like I've got something that feels a little closer to a legacy here. You know, something that I could share with family members. They don't have to travel hundreds of miles from where I'm from to see me do this kind of stuff. And and again, to, to think that if any kind of way that this performance opens up avenues or shows people a different side of what the industry does, like if I if I have any part of that, I humbly say, you plus, know, plus awesome. Plus, you did have the the real. We did have an advantage also of we would do all that improv, including all the insults. <laughs> so we had a lot of massive reserves of, of fury to draw on for all the fight scenes. That's very true. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot, a lot of insults flying around. Yeah, he, could you believe that final fight scene? There's no doubles. They're just wow. he's that athletic. <laughs> I had a nice ball. I always told him I'm a little faster than what I look. <laughs> of course, Aaron, you know, who I fought against, I mean, is, is like a trained dancer and, and like a remarkable uh, finesse. And we had a wonderful uh, fight choreographer to help us through that. Of course, we had to learn it in like, you know, 15 minutes oh before we started shooting it. But uh, <laughs> we did a, we did a, and it's a fun time. It was a tough, crazy shoot, but boy, um, we're pretty happy with what came out of it. That's another good, the stunt coordinator. I never appreciated uh, that position because I didn't have one on the last film on Cage, but we had one on this film, and that he made that entire fight sequence. Um, so <laughs> even if it's an indie, you really gotta if you have a fight sequence. I mean, we wouldn't have got him. We got him so lucky because he he scabbed actually. Oh god. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so we took a he used a pseudonym, and he's a professional, amazing stunt coordinator, and he just had a free couple of weeks and thought it'd be a fun exercise <laughs> for him or fun for him. And he and so that was so cool to be around a yeah, he's incredible someone at yeah. the top of his field like yeah. that. Yeah, and like you guys said, it just kind of works out that way sometimes. But uh, you mentioned uh, Uncaged. This was the first Stag Pictures film, and it was also a horror film. So is this, like, what do you guys, you guys seem to like this genre. What's, what about it makes you want to, you can create any film you want. You guys obviously have the ability. Why horror movies? I, I think, uh, well, one, I really love horror movies. I, I really like especially mm-hmm. indie horror. And I think that an advantage that indie horror has over a lot of other things is you can really get a lot of bang for your buck. Like with a lot of indies, you really can get, you get drowned out. You know, by the you just can't compete with the effects. You can't compete with the known actors. With horror, they're accepting of unknown actors, and if it's scary or intense, it's intense, and it doesn't have to come from a studio or from a brand. It can just be what it is. I will also say that these guys are some of the funniest people that I know. And walking into horror with the mindset of make it funny first, and then work towards using the how much you like funny characters and then like, you know, do terrible mm-hmm. things to them. Using that mm-hmm. as an icebreaker for the audience is something that I thought was, uh, you know, it's been done before certainly, but these guys really know how to do it. Like we'll, we'll warm your hearts with, with a few 
uh, awkward jokes, and then we'll start to just drill, you know, knives into your throat, and, and the audience goes, no, I, I like that. Uh, so kudos to that, like, psyche of how to make the film. Thank you. Yeah, we've been trying pretty hard on that. That has been a focus to try to get as much comedy in it as possible, because we do love comedy a lot, and uh, we think it's it's a, a potent mix because horror fans are just so smart. Yeah. And one of the few ways you can catch them off guard is if you have laugh, have them laughing mm-hmm. for a second, and then mm-hmm. you <laughs> then you strike. And that's kind of hard to do, actually, to to mix horror with comedy, you know. And so it's it's refreshing to see that you guys want to do that part of it. Oh, good. Thanks. Yeah, we 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 like it. We think it comes from sort of the same place a little bit. They're like close, co- they're like first cousins. <laughs> and I'm a fan of that. I mean, hey, I love one of my favorite movies is The Leprechaun. So you know, I love comedy in there with it. And it's like April said, it's a hard line to tote. Because, you know, you kind of have to, you, you endanger yourself of getting away from one or the other. And you know, if you get away from the horror, then it's like, well, shit, what'd you do? And if you, you get away from the comedy, it goes unnoticed and you don't want to do that. So, I mean, yeah, no, it's it's a difficult thing to do. I'm a pretty big fan of Leprechaun 4 in space. Oh my so. God, we are talking about that later. <laughs> Not that specific one with Leprechaun, we'll come back up. <laughs> I'm very excited now. But Zach, you um I didn't know you were you played as a as a character in the film also. Um uh David, right? Yes, I David. Do, yeah. So I'm David. I know you're David and I I didn't pay attention to the credits cuz obviously we're going to be looking stuff up. And when I was looking it over, I was like, "Oh, well, holy shit." <laughs> yeah, because the like I said, I like the story. It was written great and I, I already said you guys nailed the acting. You're really good at both of these. And it may be a dumb question because I know how writers enjoy what they do. Would you prefer acting or writing? I, I think I prefer writing. I yeah. think acting is definitely um, maybe more enjoyable in, in, the, uh, in the moment, which I think is a big, a big acting expression in the yeah. moment. Isn't yeah. that all? I, I, think, I think I'm a healthier person as an actor. I think I'm a lot more present and happy. <laughs> but I, I really like writing a lot, and both my parents are writers. Uh, and I always, so it's just been always a lifelong, um, goal. So if I had to pick, I would probably pick writing. I figured your parents, do they, do they do write books or do they do film too? Or, or, um, what are they in? Well, my mom is now coming back to writing, but she was a playwright for a long time. A lot of off Broadway, like very, um, is a lot of plays about her Orthodox Jewish background and then scandalous things that would upset my grandmother in the play. <laughs> and uh, my dad uh, he's written a few things but his career has been in children's television okay so okay so you had that there yeah and i figured that answer because it's just something i don't know it seems more long-standing and you spend so much time with writing it that it's you know got to become part of you in a way but on the flip side of that zachary you have like you said theater i mean you're getting into these full-length feature films now which would you prefer theater or you know creating a movie I think that if you want control over your product as an actor, you need to be in the theater because you are the last line of defense. So you have a very direct connection with the audience and you have to relive it every night. And so that particular experience is unlike anything else. The immediacy, um, 
you have to learn the part, have it in your bones, and be able to replicate it, which is a very different process than just getting it right one or two times when you do the film uh, thing as well. Um, I was very against film acting for a long time. I was like a purist. I didn't like film. I thought it was uh, antithetical to what I believed about acting. And lo and behold, these guys and some other experiences really pulled me out of that, and I see that it's different muscles. And so I talked about, like, legacy um, in film acting, there's a kind of a freedom to say, if I can just get to that place and give them what they need in this one thing, I don't ever have to do it again. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I've talked to some older actors that I expressed some concerns about it and they were like, no, once you do the film stuff, you'll never want to go back. <laughs> I don't think that I'm at that point yet, but I do, you know, it's, it's remarkable. It's a different container. You have to contain your performance to your, your eyeballs in a lot of ways, or just, you know, within your bones, uh, it's closer uh, on your face. Closer on your face. You don't have to project. You don't have to share externally as much. You don't have to remember um, your lines. <laughs> you don't really have to remember very large chunks of dialogue. There's a lot of advantages there, um, but it's different. And so I, I'm itching to get back on stage. I do as much as I can for that as well. Um, but there's some opportunities that have come directly from Pledge that I'm super excited. And I think I think that acting is acting. The training takes you where you mm-hmm. need to go. Um, but I do think you have to bottle it differently. I, I have a. A very serious question for you guys. Oh, good. Are, are oh, you ready? No. I know. It's leaning in. Whose idea was it to get that S class into this movie, and where did it come from? <laughs> the Mercedes. Yes. Where, oh, whose yeah. idea was it to pick that car? Um, so it's the first time we heard that question. I'm I all... need to know. It's, um, so we should, that house was in Nurshell. And we needed a nice car, and the nicest mm-hmm, car that mm-hmm. give us home is a CRV, which we thought if that pulled out of a Cortea home, <laughs> it would kind of shatter the image. And lucky for me, uh, I have a grandmother who lives nearby who owns a very nice Mercedes. So I called wow. her, and she came to set and hung out with the cast and crew for hours, just you know, chatting, giving them relationship advice, and... <laughs> Everyone. She didn't invest in the movie. Can you believe that? <laughs> hey, man. Hey, rent that yeah. car. Go she ahead. She invested. She supported us with the car. She gave us the car. She came to Montreal, too, right? Yeah, she, she came to Montreal, the, and, and she told me she's seen the movie three times. She said the first time was for me, the second two were for her car. There you go. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Because, I mean, you guys nailed it, and I, I brought it up I'm when— I actually driving the car because she didn't trust anyone else, so I wasn't able to look at the monitor because I was in the car driving Erica through the gate. <laughs> that was going to be my next question. Who did she let drive the damn thing? But, no, I mean, I, I love cars, but um, like you guys said, I would have noticed it. I would have been like a CRV. Oh, no, no, no. I would have noticed it in a heartbeat, and I said, whoa. As, before it even panned out to the car, when she got in, I was like, oh, man, they got an S class for this movie. And, <laughs> And no, you guys, that's the attention to detail that I'm talking about because you guys got arguably the best car you can own for this thing. And I mean, and, and April also owes me money because she's, I wanted, I said to her, I want to know where it came from. She's like, oh, maybe they rented it. I'm like, no, no, no. They knew somebody who had this car. <laughs> I'll tell my grandma you like her car. Yeah, sure. Tell your grandmother if she ever needs any, a chauffeur, I'm, yeah. I'm available. Oh, she's actually looking. If you come to New York, I'm um, in New York. Hey, tough cookie. I'll do it for free, just to drive it around. <laughs> Big fan of that car. Well, you'll go through your own pledge. Is that? Oh God, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, so okay, you guys said you like horror movies. If you, if the three of you guys had to pick one, which would 
Which what's your go to horror movie? John Carpenter's The Thing. Not close. Okay. Yeah, I think that that taught me how to tell stories more than any other film that I've seen uh, in a long time. I saw Rosemary's Baby in theaters when I was 18. I took a date to it, <laughs> not understanding exactly what it was. And it ended the date, but I loved the movie. <laughs> My favorite horror movie was uh, really, really messed me up. Yeah. My most recent one is Shaun of the Dead, but a random one that most people don't know about is this thing, Carnival of Souls. It was like one of the first things I saw that was really out there and kind of uh, expanded what I thought hard to be. Okay, okay. Now, um, back to Leprechaun. Uh, <laughs> we kind of have a running thing on the show. Dismay here, like she said, is from Texas. She is a huge Leatherface fan. And I said that if Leatherface and Leprechaun got into a fight, you know, Leprechaun <laughs> would kick his ass. So what do you, what do you guys think? Who would win? Hold on, no, you told that wrong. I didn't. He said, no. From the beginning, he said that Leprechaun was better than Leatherface, and we had this poll. It's become a whole thing. So every guest we've had on here, we've had to ask them the question. Like, we've had Tony Todd and John Kassir and Doug Bradley, and we asked every one of them to to choose who who they, I guess, like better. But he turned it into a fight thing, so now it's a fight. (laughs) Who would win in a fight? I don't know. And keep in mind, my batting average is very low on this one, guys. So if you want to help me out, you know, but no, if you if you guys had to pick a character, which would you pick? Yeah, I would take Leatherface because of sheer force. <laughs> yeah. But these two who kind of, you know, were the underdogs in these fight scenes. Yeah, I still am going Leatherface. <laughs> Damn it. I'll throw a curveball here, though, because I'm gonna. there's another movie that I admire in that genre, Wishmaster, that series. Yes. And yes. so I, I can't, I, instead of picking either of them, I'm going to just say Wishmaster enters the ring and just destroys <laughs> them both. So, uh. I remember watching those movies when I was a kid when my parents were gone from home and just being like, what? This is so crazy. I didn't know you could do that on movies. <laughs> well, damn, we've never had that answer before. No, we haven't. And I'm very upset with the other ones, so I'll that. <laughs> I love that this is your hill to die on. <laughs> <laughs> all chosen our own, and yours is better. Uh, yeah, oh, I'm, I'm, I'll go to hell for those movies, man, Leprechaun. But um, if you guys had to tell... I know there's a description and all that stuff. If you had to explain Pledge in your own way, uh, if anyone hasn't seen it yet, what what would be your ringer speech to them? Pitch to them, rather. Gonna give that to the actors. Uh, my my elevator pitch is it's a comedy horror about hazing and these three nerds that think they're pledging a normal fraternity, but discover much more is at stake than they could have ever imagined. To quote IMDb, yeah. <laughs> I like to think of it as the, the the cast of Superbad gets trapped by Saw. Wow, <laughs> that's, that's I like that. Yeah. I like to pitch it to people. I, um, I didn't think of it that way. Although Animal House, because everyone thinks I look like John Belushi, I should, maybe I should go with that one. <laughs> if you guys don't mind me asking, how old are you guys? I'm. Uh, I am 24. Oh. Zach Weiner. Daniel's uh, 28. Okay. Zach. Bird is 30. Okay. I mean, guys, in all honesty, at, at a young age like that, to be able to do what you did and get across what you got across, I mean, I genuinely like that. Uh, we do have another co-host that wasn't able to make it today, and I 
I told I told him I'm like you still got to watch the movie like I want to know what you think <laughs> so and and I wouldn't we have very little time to watch movies that we like to watch so for me to tell tell him to take the time watch it anyway is like and you know you guys made me enjoy it to where I will show this movie to other people like you know uh I think you you guys were able to capture a lot and I'm very very much looking forward to seeing what you guys are able to do going forward as you're getting the experience under your belt and connections and all that other stuff. Thank you so much. I really, um, yeah, I really appreciate yeah, that. Any support, you know, the, your podcast, Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> it all does a lot for us. We really appreciate that. I'm so glad you want to show it to people and hopefully they like it too. Is that would be if not, you have our Skype name, you can hand it out. They can give us a that's right that's right he'll whoop that ass that's on not him. intimidating at all <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but i mean you guys mentioned social media let um let everybody know where they can see you guys see i've just followed you guys so they could probably see it on my stuff but let them know where you're at oh 100 yeah definitely i'm gonna be posting this for sure at, at pledge movie is the easiest way to find uh, us on instagram and twitter um and I'm sure you can find our personal stuff from there. Yeah, um, Pledge Movie on Twitter, on Instagram, um, Facebook, stuff like that. Zachary Bird on Facebook. You can friend him. <laughs> yeah. His number is I'm so single. Sex, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, help me out. <laughs> Keep taking dates to those horror movies, man. It's not working. <laughs> uh, the best. <laughs> got, got another audience. But no, we really appreciate you guys taking the time out to come on, and we appreciate the work you put in for this movie. You know, it it only helps the genre. I think you guys nailed it. Thank you, thank you for watching. Oh, thanks for watching. I'm so glad. Yeah, this much. A lot of people just watch it, and don't really think about it. We appreciate you taking the time. <laughs> thank to do you this. very, very much. Thank you. It was nice to meet all of you. I appreciate the down to earth uh, conversation here. So, um, it was great talking with all of you. Oh, yeah, meeting you, so good to meet you. Thank you, April and Mike. We'll hopefully talk soon. Yeah, definitely. We'll keep in touch, guys. Have a great night. You too. Oh, thank you. Me too. All right. Good night. Good night. Good night. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that. That's uh, that's Pledge. Go check it out now. It's yeah. streaming on IFC. You can go check it out there. IFC's always got a lot of good shit. I think it's anywhere VOD, isn't it? And then I read somewhere that it's coming out um a Screen Factory eventually, so Yeah. Um, I think in April. Yeah, so Screen Factory will have the Blu ray, I believe, and so yeah, please support indie indie folks so that they can, you know, get go on get, to do more um, in a better place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and not only that, it you know, it, it's a good movie too. You know, like, you know, and it would be also be nice, you know, if you do check it out, let us know what you think. So, and let them know, you know, hit them up, let them know, let us know. Just check it out, you know, why not? There's nothing more satisfying, you know, from an indie perspective to hear people that genuinely like your, your, um, creation, you know, because it's so hard to do on, with limited budget and they, you know, they really scored big and, you know, got distribution and everything. So very happy for them and, and excited that they're so enthusiastic about the genre in general and, and put a lot of work into it. Yeah. And not only that, it's like, I, I mean, for me personally, I like hearing when people don't like our stuff too, because, you know, it makes you, it, you know, it's feedback and, you know, not everything we do is great. Mm-hmm. 
Like that happy birthday song sucked because of you. And maybe someone may not want us to do that again. <laughs> maybe they'll tell you what you could do to have made that better. You know, so it's nice to get feedback um, one way or another. Speaking of birthdays, mine's in a few months. So you uh, have a couple of months to prepare. You got to sing your own birthday song then. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Wish yourself happy mm, birthday. No. 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 <sighs> you ruined it. You drug it down again. Just, oh, just thank God. You know, keep it positive here. You're a pain in the ass. You whiz. But yeah, I think that's it for this week. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing uh, next week yet, do we, Dismay? Um, not next week, no, but we have another interview coming up soon, and uh, we'll drop that when it gets closer to time. But yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll figure out something to keep you guys. Uh... That's a theater release, too. Movie theater, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. so that's going to be. It'll be a nice one. We're not going to say nothing yet. Uh, yeah, so we got that coming up. Uh, who knows what the hell we're doing next week. Uh, and that's it, I think. And happy birthday, 12 Nights. Hope he has a good one. And yeah, you can find the show on Twitter, at Slasher Radio. You can find me on Twitter, at Mikey's Dead. You can go to the website, mm-hmm. SlasherRadio.com. It's got our emails and, you know, all that stuff, so... And if you don't have Twitter, by the way, you can, you know, host at SlasherRadio.com. We're active there. And, yeah, reach out to us. We love that shit. This may, where they find you on Twitter, if they feel like don't it. Don't forget about Bobby Spitzer with the two R's well, and I'm two getting cheeks. To, yeah, Bobby Sp- at Bobby Spitzer on Twitter with two R's, two cheeks, in your mama's kitchen making pancakes. <laughs> flat, flat, flat. <laughs> where they find you, And you can may. find me at... This May 00. Ball sacks. It's cold out right now. If you put them ball sacks out here in the cold, man, ooh, you have some cold balls. They'd be tiny balls. No, no, they're strong. They're They're that strong. You know, they're so, no, they're so strong, they're like, they keep their own warmth. Yeah, okay. No, they'd be fine. They'd be fine. You'd think so. You'd think so. <laughs> it's going to be like negative 14 on Monday. Your balls ain't that strong. <laughs> Believe me. Yeah, they are. No, yeah, they're not. Yeah, they are. No, they're not. No, they're not. Yeah, yeah they are. But, um, <laughs> all right, guys, come back and check us next week. Check us out next week. Uh, thank you for checking us out this week. And subscribe, review, iTunes, fucking Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud. Pretty much everywhere, Podbean. And we'll catch you next week. So, good night from Slasher Radio. All the best of Slasher Radio Podcast. Hey there, boy. So, uh, Bruce Bruce was, uh, talking to my friend Tyreek, you know, my boy, and, uh, you know, he moved in from out of town, and he said back where he lived, they had these things called cockfights. I said, oh, shit. So, you know, he told me, you know, everybody pull their dick out, and, uh, you know, the biggest ones get selected, and, you know, they, they, they draw swords, you know what I'm saying, they have cockfights. So I said, well, shit, when the next time you going home, because, you know, your boy Boo Boo about to win the world champion, that motherfucker. So, you know, uh, 
couple weeks ago, Biden, you know, Tyree gave me a call, said, hey, Boosie, said, what's going on? And he said, you going to go home, and they're having a cop fight tomorrow night, so, you know, you want to come, you, you know, you come. I said, all right, you bet, we, we're going to be there. So we leave, and, you know, I stayed at this motherfucker house, and this motherfucker said he got a cot from my dick. I said, oh, man, that's great. Cause you know, boy, only had guest room had a twin bed. I said, oh, this, this will work for Bruce, but you know, the dick, dick ain't gonna fit on the bed, so can't have my dick on the floor. So he got me a cot, and I laid the dick across to the cot, so you know, it worked out nice and nice. So, boop, boop, show up to the cop fight, and uh, you know, they're gonna talk about, you know, you show you want to enter this for professionals only. You ever cop fight before? I said, motherfucker, I ain't never been no cop fight, but. You know, this dick real big, boy. And he said, how big? I said, it big. Just big. And he said, all right. So, you know, he signed Boosie Boosie up. Motherfucker was laughing at me. Oh. <coughs> all the older motherfuckers, you know, they looking at me in the locker room, talking, calling me a rookie, saying, I'm going to get my ass. Well, I said, all right. I didn't pull the dick out yet in the locker room. You know, I could Boosie Boosie came prepared. I didn't want him to see. Because, you know, they, they get a look. Everybody fucking run away. That'd be the end of the cop fight. You know, I want people to get the money. Boo boo, man of the people. So, you know, I come out, call my name, Boosie Boosie's turn. Boy, I pulled that motherfucker out, goddamn. It was a riot. The motherfucker I was going against, you know, he had, you know, he had, he had some meat to him. You know, he had about, you know, maybe 12, 12 and a half inch. Got a little bit of thickness to it, but. <laughs> he ain't like he boy boo boo, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, he fucking fainted. Motherfucker passed out. As soon as I didn't even get the dick all the way out the overall yet, but, you know, the motherfucker, he passed out. I said, oh shit, I guess I win. But I turn around, everybody running to the door. I said, what the fuck is this? The, the fucking guy dropped the microphone, the motherfucker announcing. People grabbing, grabbing everybody, trying to get out the windows, the door. Then one motherfucker ran out of the bathroom. He just heard it hit the floor. Ran out the bathroom, was pants down and all, running to the fucking window. I said, what the fuck is going on here? So my boy Tyree said he knew, he, he motherfucker knew what was going to happen. So, you know, he's standing there and there. He run up to the ring next to me. He said, bro, I told you they weren't ready for this shit. I said, I told you they weren't ready for this shit. So, you know, turns out. The motherfucker was in a coma after seeing, you know, the guy was going against him to see the dick. So he woke up from the coma talking about, you know, he's seen an anaconda. I said, motherfucker, there's no anaconda. You've seen Boosie Boosie at his finest, boy. So, you know, they ain't having no cockfights no more. Instead, they put a statue of Boosie Boosie in the middle of the ring and just retired the whole fucking league. It's, you know, it's a tragedy and, you know, a great event all at the same damn time.